0: Before we begin, a reminder that nothing on this podcast is intended as a statement of faith, doctrine, or fellowship, and this podcast is not affiliated with any church, school, or calling body. What's up, gents? My name is Charlie Ungamak, and you are listening to an episode of the Gird Up Brocast. Now, the dudes are going to join me in just a minute, and we got a lot of great content coming your way. But before we do that, I just want to say thank you to all those who help support the Gird Up project here. All of our content at Gird Up is available free to anyone, anywhere in the world who might benefit from our message, and we want to keep it that way, but we also have to rely then upon the contributions of our listeners to do so. You'll never see any paywalls or exclusive content here at Gird Up. That being said, it does cost us money to put a show like this together. So if you find what we're doing here valuable and you enjoy the broadcast and you're willing and able to do so, please go to www.girdupministries.com, click on the menu, and select Buy Us a Cup of Coffee. That $5 donation goes a long way towards keeping this podcast going and helps us reach and minister to many more men just like you. Hope you enjoy the broadcast today. Let's get to it.
1: So it gets all the genders. He's not yeah, just singling one out. So when so, Hulk
0: Hogan says brother, it's a, it's a gender neutral term. So when you're preaching, it's a neuter.
1: Yeah. When you're yeah. preaching, you should oh, say man. brother, like Hulk Hogan. But if you want to address the men in the congregation, you say brothers. Listen. I can't say, wait until brother. you write a book out of theology someday.
0: <laughs> it's, gonna,
1: it's just going to be like movie quotes. At all like that's all it is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, the Hulk Hogan fan over here mm. is Connor Herder. What's up, Connor? I was about How's to going, ask early? if We were on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. We got <laughs> Gustav Wentz. What's up, Gustav?
2: Uh, none much.
0: And we have our special guest today. Who are you, sir? Hey, guys. Caleb Little. And Caleb's Whoa. been on the podcast
3: before, but it's been a while. Explain your absence here, fella. <laughs> yes, yeah, currently taking a leave of absence from Martin Luther College, which is why I haven't been around. I am currently serving as a dorm supervisor at St. Croix Lutheran hey, Academy. Good for you.
0: They trust you with that? <laughs>
3: That's a lot of responsibility, man. For some reason, yeah. All the way <laughs> from
0: St. Croix. I don't know how I did that. Miracles happen every day, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> awesome. So what what exactly is your role over at St. Croix? You said dormitory supervisor, but you want to explain that a little bit? Yeah,
3: so pretty much uh, at St. Croix we have a dormitory with uh, kids from over 23 different countries. And uh, my main role is to take care of them and ensure that they're getting their education that they're paying for which includes you know learning english keeping their grades up i make sure they stay healthy You know, I'll have sick call mail call essentially for those in the uh the <laughs> well circle i'm like a tutor
0: nice how
1: many kids did you say are involved with what you're doing
3: yeah so we have about 120 mm. which is it's a lower number than in the dorms in the dorms yes okay 100. is that high school and middle school or? yes okay Yes, yes. We do have some middle school international students. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's I mean, 100%. it's the full from 6 to 12, really. Wow. I mean, it's one thing to send your high school kid away,
1: you know, and then to send a grade school kid away. Oh, to, to, are to. Are they go. traditional,
3: Absolutely. like, 6th grade age? Are they, like, 11, yes. 12 years old? Wow! For the most part. And uh, Good for those parents. I think it just really goes to show the value of an American education mm-hmm. Yeah. sometimes that we might underappreciate. Yeah, especially well, just American too, life yeah. in general too.
2: Like those yeah. parents clearly see something greater that can be gained over here than where they are at. That's yeah. that's insane. Yeah,
1: didn't you spend some time uh, out of country? I feel like I remember you going uh, somewhere. Where did you go? <laughs> he can't say. He
0: cannot, oh, that's right. he cannot <laughs> talk about it. No, <laughs> no. <not>. no uh, <laughs> it's the one thing that's <laughs> off the table. It's
3: no, yeah. no, no, the one it's thing off the table. So, uh, I, quick no, flashback I to the <laughs> other, uh, other yeah. episode. This is why yeah. we can't
0: have Caleb on.
3: <laughs> no, no, but seriously, yeah. I, uh, I visited China as a tourist and uh, had some yeah. awesome experiences over there. Yeah, okay. Yes. Um, <laughs> I've also had some other out-of-country experiences. Um, I was a military kid, so oh, that's right, I've lived right. all over the place, including Italy. Mm. Oh. Don't ask me to speak any Italian, though. I... So you're like Kobe, except you didn't learn Italian. And I'm a lot worse at basketball. Mm. Okay. Yeah, fair
0: enough. Awesome. Well, you are listening to a broadcast. Uh, this one is recorded right in the middle of January, 2023. So uh, welcome to all you guys who are listening. Um, yeah. i it's just cool to be back doing these again. We had a little bit of a break there, so glad to be back and doing it. Connor, what are you drinking there today? Yeah, this is the New Glarus, uh Spotted Cow. Spotted Cow, good Kinda. old Wisconsin favorite. Yeah, Guess yeah. what you got? Mm.
2: Uh, I've got Goose Town, a German-style ghost from Shell's Brewery, where Charlie and I work it's fantastic might be discontinued though nobody knows what's happening it's a little confusing <laughs> it is a little confusing
0: at the moment we got oh boy go <laughs> well, ahead okay
3: i'm gonna go ahead real quick but first i have a question for connor connor are you even allowed to bring new glarus into minnesota no it's
2: actually illegal. is it actually yeah.
0: illegal? no you can't sell it and you, if a oh, cop yeah. sees it oh, yeah. in <laughs> your car and you're
1: not <laughs> <in Wisconsin, laughs> this, you were you drinking you get the put l- in cuffs <laughs> this is all the way from september
3: from our beats for heartbeats yeah. trip when, Dude, we, when yeah. we were out well, there
2: yeah yeah. So. that's
3: valid. I am drinking a Coors Light. Ah. Mountains are blue. This is just uh the mountains are blue. Classic. Yeah. So a yeah. good old silver bullet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I really can't talk, I'm drinking Smirnoff ice. So yeah. Like well Gus said, like we work at a brewery and I would hate to admit it, but every once in a while I get kinda tired of drinking beer all the time. So I want to drink something okay. else. Yeah. yeah, just drink a little something fruity view. this time. Throw a little bit of water in there, and keep yeah. the body guessing. Yeah, <laughs> keep the body guessing. Every once in a while. Uh, my first apartment after college, um, the the it was like a pre-war apartment building that then after World War II was refurbished into a retirement home and then after it was no longer a retirement home, they did not remodel it and so the pipes were terrible and it was like the the elevator never worked and I lived on the eighth floor and all that kind of stuff. It was was awful and the tap water tasted terrible. Mm -hmm. So for pretty much a year, if I was at home, I was either drinking beer or coffee and I didn't drink any water. So I would fill up my water bottle before I left school at the end of the day and then would come home and finish the water bottle and if I was thirsty after that, it was either coffee or beer because I hated the way the water tasted. So, I'm not advocating that lifestyle. I'm just saying I mean, that was it, was. it was a lifestyle. <laughs> it, just at one was, point. it was what was happening at the time. So. I
3: believe that is a lifestyle many Americans in college live. Yeah. yeah. Well, and still. I graduated
0: at 21, so it's not like I was, you know, a mid late man <clears throat> living that way. Ah, exactly. All right. Thank yous and shout outs for the week. Who wants to start us off? Thank yous.
2: Oh, my goodness. Um, How about thank you to. Oh, Emil. Uh, we'll call it uh, Netflix. Uh, always has some good films. Usually has some not good films as well, um, but was able to watch a couple movies over this past weekend, or maybe it was HBO. I don't know. All I know is I watched Dances with Wolves, and oh, if you haven't yeah. seen oh, that yeah. movie, Have it, that it is amazing. Kevin Costner. It stuff. is Avatar, but on Earth. <laughs> 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 uh, that's a good description. Or you know, that actually, yeah, yo, that's that, kind of legit. That's Dude, pretty cool. That's my only uh-huh. beef with Avatar. Is it's like a remake. just it's just outer dances space with dances with wolves. <laughs> All movies, which a I'm down that's with. A hot <laughs> take, and I like. Okay. <laughs> oh, but man. yeah, so I don't know, that was just a really fun little moment I got to have. And I mean, granted, I didn't share it with anybody, but I don't know, that was a movie on my list. And it was, yeah, I'll write up a review <laughs> right.
3: anyway. Um, I'll shout out, uh, oh, thank yous first. Oh, sorry, geez. sorry, I'm sorry, I got ahead of myself. I'll also say thank you to streaming services, in particular Netflix. Can I say that? Can I double up on yeah, that? You can hey, you. I hit just it. recently watched Kaleidoscope. Oh, Which ooh, super that, yeah. interesting concept. I mean, mm-hmm. if you don't know what the, the whole premise is, that you can watch the episodes in any order mm-hmm. before the finale, and in theory, it'll still make sense. Mm-hmm. And, like, it changes the experience. Oh, That's cool. Interesting. And so for those of you interested, I started with green. Okay. Start okay. with a different color and tell me how your experience was. Interesting.
2: So is it like you have to scroll through and then pick and choose, or does it just automatically randomize the order per viewer? You See, know what I mean.
3: And that's what I'm not sure about. I, I've only seen my Netflix account. All right. Okay. Uh, green green was green was first on me on okay. mine, and me being lazy guy, I was straight. Was just, and you watched it just straight straight, watch down. It straight through. Okay. Which, <sighs>
2: All
0: right, let's figure this out. Kind
1: of what you got. Oh, uh, for me this week I'm going to say thank you to Kelvin Johannes. Hey, uh, yo, I don't hey. know if you've had him on yet or anything like that.
2: I I don't thought, know. Not on a cast.
1: Kelvin She's and I have been no. out here a few times. Kelvin and that I, that I have been friends huh. since uh freshman year and I uh, just wanted to say thank you to him for getting me out of the dorm last night and Going and picking up binders for all of our. As, uh, <laughs> it was it was basically a date, but we we went and we checked out the Ain't binders. Nothing wrong Walmart. with a healthy bro date. Yep, and then we did. And uh, then we did uh, Mexican afterwards. So nice. it was pretty good. Which what you go to Orle or you G's. go to Plaza G's? Yeah, was right,
0: actually closed?
1: I, don't, I think it's closed. Oh, it's hours. Definitely Is it really closed? Today? Yeah. I don't know. I, I hope they they are. that. It's yeah. was my they favorite Mexican spot They went up Mexican for lease like five okay. months ago oh. or four oh. months ago. And yeah, they're on, that they're was on like the my way my favorite
2: out, Mexican place oh, in town. I yeah. leave New Orleans. <clears throat> yeah. 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 So wait, hey, on, real quick, down. real quick. So when you open up the list, the top video, like the first episode was green on yours. Mine's black. Wow. Okay. So it randomizes per... Yeah, it randomizes per... You Very were, cool. That's crazy. Um, my thank anyway. you, my thank you, yeah, as,
0: as uh, we talked about uh, on the Christmas episode, my sister got married over Christmas break on December 30th. So thank you to everybody that made that. It was the least stressful wedding I've ever been a part of. <laughs> like, as, like, as somebody who was in the wedding party, least stressful wedding I've ever been a part of. So thanks for everybody that made uh, that day a special day for my sister and my family. Um, that's awesome. So thank you to everybody who did that. Way cool. How about shout-outs, guys?
1: Uh, shout-outs this week for me. Uh, shout-out to... Uh, my girlfriend, it's... <laughs> no been, longer the
0: blue-haired girl. Yeah, no, no, no. She's she, still uh, blue-haired at heart. Blue yeah, hair. she
1: she changed her hair to to regular brown. Oh, and, brown. Uh, yeah. Today is uh, three months for us, so... Nice. Oh, yeah. That's
0: cute. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, hiss. Anyway. <laughs> 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 no, no, not the girl, just... The, yeah, anyway. Go ahead, Gus.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, shout out to... <laughs> I regret the hiss already. Dude. This isn't going to go well for me. Right. I, anyway. I love you. Yeah, She's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope it works. Anyway, uh, shout <laughs> out. Still sounds to bad. I'm going to hit okay, you. Okay, sorry. All right. Shout out to my sister, Annalise. <laughs> I'm sorry. not offended. I'm not offended. Okay, good. Go ahead. Sorry, Gus. Shout out to my sister, Annalise. Always checking in with me, and uh, she seems to be... You know getting along pretty well here at school and it's really cool to have someone that I'm related to and be able to talk to them because I don't know to a certain extent she definitely knows me in a way that's different than everybody on campus so yeah she is always checking and making sure that I'm getting my stuff done which is something that I need so very cool anyway shout out to Annalise awesome
3: um quick uh shout out to Mr. and Mrs. Tim Weddle Got oh, married I saw that yesterday. on Facebook. Yeah, yes. I'm friends with Tim no. on Facebook. Yes, was I was at their wedding yesterday, and it was a beautiful wedding.
2: <laughs> yeah, he was at the wedding. Okay. Uh, passing yeah. friends. You saw passing, about it on Facebook Instagram. Friends. He was yeah. at the wedding. No, no Facebook. I'm, I'm, just,
3: I'm really <laughs> just <laughs> Tim's coworker. That's. Uh, uh, <laughs> I was there with Don't the <laughs> yeah. That's, You mean was, more now <laughs> than you more know. Now you're so much more. Perhaps, yeah. That was a good night. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Awesome.
3: Yeah. Like, I
0: love weddings. Weddings are always mm-hmm. a good time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm a big wedding guy. If you ever need a wedding date, call me up. Yeah. <laughs> Guys or girls, I'll go with anybody. <laughs> Just call me up. Anyway, um uh, yeah, my shout out goes to uh um Uh, Super glue, because I cut my finger pretty bad on Friday night, and uh, I've been super gluing myself back together ever since. So, uh, shout out to super glue. It works works really well, yeah. yeah. I've done it Um, multiple times. Yeah, it, it works really well, and I didn't have to go get stitches or anything, so...
2: Yeah, sweet. Tell us how you cut your hand, man.
0: Um, I don't have a can opener, um, but that so the okay. We'll make this a double shout out. Also, shout out to the MLC food shelf for keeping us hooked up. Um, but I got keeping a whole bunch of food from up. the yeah me and all the other poor poor uh, off campus people. Single up. Yeah. Oh well, they're not also because they also do it for married oh, people. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, they do They take really good care of us. Um, actually. Uh, Like gas cards and stuff too Like They really do take good care of us Um, But uh, I don't have a can opener I was trying to open a can of ham With just a big old K-bar knife (laughs) And uh, slice my hand (laughs) Slice two fingers open <laughs> and then <in> my reaction. <laughs> and, then reacted. and when I reacted to the fact that I cut one hand open, I grabbed the can in a weird way and cut one of my other fingers open with the can on the other hand. Oh, so Charlie. I'm bleeding out of both hands. And at first, I didn't think it was that bad. And then I realized that I had to put the cut back together with my fingers <laughs> and went, Yeah, I should do something about this. So yeah. uh, I went, ran, got some super glue and have been painting super glue on it every time it peels off. So I bartended water, yesterday and didn't. Like I did all the I did all the normal stuff for bartending. Like did all the dishes, did all that kind of stuff. And I, all I did and after the shift was over I just peeled it off and super glued it again. And uh, haven't it hasn't kept me from doing anything. So shout out the super glue for holding me together. Nice. <laughs> One brief little yeah. shout out to uh,
1: Lola's in town. For, uh, yeah, they've got uh, mimosa flights right now. Do they? They got a what? special on mimosa Every, You
0: can't, you can't not like Lola's new management, I and they're doing that, some yeah, cool yeah. things Wait, with another it. Another new management or the same? No, same new management, okay. but they're like starting to change things up, and it's yeah, it's no, even, even better. It's great. always been awesome. It's even better than before. Like the food menu is. Just as good as it always was, and now they're doing other stuff, too. Yeah, so. virtually
2: unchanged, actually, the food menu. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they And then all the things job. about it.
0: So, uh, sorry if I offend anybody by this, but the, the thing about Lola's, historically, that, that made Lola's awesome is that it was there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, it was the only local coffee shop in town that, like, that's an actual coffee shop that isn't, like, caribou. Mm-hmm. Um, and now... It actually is an awesome place like freestanding it wouldn't matter if it was the only place in town it just stands alone awesome so yeah cool stuff all right we also want to shout out those who made christmas donations A couple people made um, financial donations and uh, we also are talking on brand new microphones um, and yeah. all those people said they did not want to be named on the podcast so thank you to those wow. of you who made financial donations um, and thank you also to those who donated new microphones and cables and things like that um, this is by far the nicest setup we've ever had and we've always had a pretty nice setup. So um yeah, thank this you is... very
1: much for the new
0: mics. We really appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh anyway, they're super cool. They're great. And I hope you can also tell there's a difference in the quality of sound too, because there definitely is. Um, so yeah, we're excited about that. And now Dolby's if we around. can have up to we have up to we can have up to six people with Independent microphones now Sounds too like madness. So next time we have next time we have like a special podcast with six people on it, everybody'll everybody have everyone. their own microphone. Which in theory means we could have up to twelve people on the podcast at once. Theoretically. Theoretic. In a much bigger area. <laughs> I'm not saying we should, just saying theoretically we could. It's like Harry Potter's um, doing a podcast over here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, jumping into... Oh, also, while we're on that note, uh, you can buy us a $5 cup of coffee. Um, go to the website, click on five dollar cup, or buy us a cup of coffee. That's a $5 donation. goes back to the podcast. If we get five uh, cup of coffee donations a month, that pays for our streaming uh, services. And if we get five more after that, that pays for our recording services, so on and so forth. So this isn't free to put together, but we do give it to you guys for free. So anything you can do to help us out, I would very much appreciate it. Because mm-hmm. Is we're all in school. Um, but we love being able to do this for you. That question of the week this week, though, um, is one that actually I didn't really plan it this way, but it goes in really well with, we're going to talk about third article later, um, so there'll be a little bit of overlap between those conversations probably. But uh, the question of the week this week, I'm in college, and the church buddy I grew up in doesn't have any churches or campus ministries in the city in which I now live. How do I choose which church to
2: attend? So. Uh, immediate thought real quick um, oftentimes I think when people get sent out or they're in a different place it kind of escapes their mind to reach back to their like hometown or something like that because honestly it's like it could very well be that there aren't any resources nearby you for a wells church body something but at the same time you know get a hold of somebody that you do know who might be able to have access to that kind of information so it's like call back to your hometown pastor and say hey I'm out here. Is there any way that we can figure out something? Right? Like, if you're uncomfortable exploring other churches, like, think about that because, you know, I think our synod does a fairly good job of providing resources in any situation that you're in. Yeah. So,
0: and I think also, um, the uh, it, well, particularly if you're Wells or ELS, there are other Lutheran synods that have some. Doctrinal issues, but aren't far from the truth, and they have churches. I'm gonna be thinking how to say this. There, like, there, there, are other churches that have um, good doctrine, um, but they'll have like fellowship issues and things like that. So, if you're looking for a place where the gospel is just taught in its truth and purity, Jesus, your pastor. Your pastor, even if there isn't a Wells church around or a church from your church body around, your pastor will probably be a good resource to at least find the best of the options Mm -hmm. or hook you up with, you know, like um, synod resources or things like that. I would also say, Gus, to your point, this would be something you should probably consider before you decide to go to that school, too. And I'm not saying you shouldn't go to a school unless you have access to your local church community. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is something you should think about before you even decide which school to go to, you know? Um, like when you're considering attending a university, just go online and figure out if you're in high school, go online, figure out, you know, what your church options are and make that a part of your decision too. Mm
1: -hmm. I would also say, I really like that you said that going back to your home pastor is a great option because he's always going to filter everything out for you. He's always going to take a look at the best possible options. Um, I know it's a little bit old school, the, uh, Facebook, but checking out Facebook to see if the city or town that you're in has a small Wells group of like four or five families because that's how new churches get started all the time is you find five or six Wells members in one city and they're like hey we should probably do something about this eventually mm-hmm. so getting yeah. out there and checking social media or different websites to see if there are any options for any other smaller Wells groups in the area is also a mm-hmm. great opportunity too yeah
3: oh yeah for sure and um, I will say that I attended a public university before I attended MLC and there are a ton of of college groups, Jesus-loving people, that their main focus is the gospel. Now, most of the time they are non-denominational, so you can run into issues where they're not always consistent with what they believe. But if I think going into those settings, knowing what you believe and having a firm foundation Mm -hmm. can even help you guide others towards Mm -hmm. maybe some points where they aren't... Yeah. most uh, well because a lot
2: of yeah because a lot of times if people aren't very strong in some kind of doctrine that they believe it's because they haven't really had to think about it or actually right. reflect on what scripture teaches about it mm-hmm. you know and i mean that happens all the time especially in those non-denom circles where it's just <clears throat> it's just oh what's the word i'm looking for um uh, yeah, never mind. I'm not going to use that word. It's, it, you know, it's doctrine that you, it slips your mind kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know, you do, and I guess uh, a phrase that I don't enjoy to use because it's, it's just not a great phrase, but non-essential doctrine, right? Some people mm-hmm. will say stuff like that, which is a buzzword to say, but, you know, it slips everybody's minds when they're just trying to live life and, you know, share Jesus with people, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah
0: okay so let's say that this is a real situation There really you, know, you did all your research whatever there is not a so if you grew up wells for example which we all did right mm-hmm. um, and most of our listeners did too so if you cannot find a there just isn't a you know, community group or church or mission or whatever in a reasonable area um, for mm-hmm. you to go to. What should we be looking for then in the, whether it's, uh, you know, whether there's those on-campus ministries or whether it is a church in town, what are the things we should be looking for that are green flags and red flags? Like What, what are the things we should be looking for?
1: Well, I think, uh, well, one of the things we're going to be talking about here up next is the Apostles' Creed. And so take out your copy of the Apostles' Creed and compare it to the doctrines of whatever church or pastor you're about to consider looking at and say, how closely do these two match up with each other? Mm. Are they admitting that there's the triune God? Are they, uh, you know, stating as a fact of belief that Christ died for their sins and that's the sole way that they get to heaven? Mm. You know, those type of things. Like the Apostles' Creed, a statement of belief, is a great way to measure other churches and other belief systems around Mm you.
2: Yeah, I mean, that was kind of the purpose of it getting written almost, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, same with the Nicene Creed. Um, both of which be great resources to just have simply put what you believe and what you should be looking for in other churches.
0: Yeah, know. and I think that's a great way to pl- uh, a great place to start that conversation too. Mm-hmm. Is just say to the pastor or whoever you're talking to at that church, you know, do you like what do you think of the Apostles' <clears throat> Creed? Do you subscribe to the Apostles' Creed? Do you subscribe to the mm-hmm. to the you know the Lutheran Confessions too, and some of those kinds of things? Right, are the um. Formula of Concord. Right? Mm. Do you subscribe to these things? And there's two kinds of subscriptions too. There is, I don't remember what the Latin is. Those are all fancy terms. It doesn't really matter in this particular situation. And none of us are Latin scholars anyway. So, but anyway, um, you are. You're let lat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's my minor. <laughs> oh, it's your minor? Connor, Connor okay. is in my... Well, there's two subscriptions. There's there's uh, churches that will say, we subscribe to the confessions insofar as right. they agree with Scripture, which implies that there are par- pieces of the confessions that don't adhere to Scripture, and so we can disagree with those and pull those out. Um, on the other side, there are um, those who subscribe to... Um, the confessions as a representation of what is taught in Scripture. Mm -hmm. And um, that should be a red flag to you. If they say insofar as, should be a red flag um, because, especially if you've been raised in conservative circles like we have, conservative Lutheran circles, those confessions are what you have been taught for your entire childhood and through your adult life. You know, Luther's catechism reflects what is taught there. Um, this is what you've always subscribed to. This is what the Wells subscribes to. This is what the Missouri Synod subscribes to. This is what Lutheran church bodies across the world subscribe to. Um, And if they say insofar as, that means that there's some point of doctrine that you believe and that you have understood to be true and that when you were confirmed in your church and your congregation, you declared to be true that they disagree with. Right, And so... If it says insofar as you got to figure out what that doctrine is and then make your decision from there.
3: Yes, absolutely. And I think maybe even before you get to do you agree with like the Lutheran confessions and the creeds, you can just get to what do you think of the Bible? Yeah. Because there are churches out there that will say, yeah, the Bible's true except for, or there'll be like miracle deniers. It'll Mm -hmm. be, I think just taking scripture as absolute truth. Is so essential and then in that just how important the gospel it is mm-hmm. just a community because that's what we're looking for here we're looking for a community you can do your own Bible study but you can't replace a community right that's what this person is looking for here find a community that loves Jesus and wants to tell other people about him
0: so that leads uh, easily then into the my question here of how important is community Like, what if there is a church in town that has really good doctrine, but it's all old people, right? Or they only play organ music, right? Or whatever it might be. How important is theology versus culture and, you know, music and things like that? How much should those two things play into that? You understand what I'm asking? Mm -hmm. I do.
1: Yeah. So you're talking Mm -hmm. about what's the difference between statement of belief and and then logistical practices within the congregation itself. Or how
0: much should they factor into my decision-making, too?
1: I think that definitely the one that is going to be the most important is going to be theology, and it's going to be doctrine, like what
0: they teach. Um, Why is that more important?
2: <laughs> well, that that's what our salvation's rooted in. Right. What do you mean by that? So if you don't have theology or doctrine or the Bible at all, then a community isn't going to get you anywhere. That's what I mean they, by that.
1: Because there are some hard theologies that we as Lutherans take a stance on and say, like, this far and no further. I mean, we completely do away with anything that has to do with works, righteousness, any idea of attaining salvation for yourself. We're completely dependent on God to do everything for us. We can affect our world around us in every physical matter, but when it comes to saving ourselves, we're completely useless. Mm-hmm. And, and that's are, what Scripture teaches. And that's what exactly what Scripture teaches, and that's what the that's the hill that Luther died on. And so, like, that's the most important thing for people to consider is, how do you get to heaven? That's That should be the first question you should ask any church you walk into is, how do you say I go to heaven? And then everything else out of that is secondary.
2: Yeah. Well, and I mean, you look at the church bodies that lean so heavily on community, and those are the ones that blow up and you hear in the news. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it's all rooted in community and just the vibe and the experience that you're having, that's going to be what ends up like that's what ends up creating those bad environments where a whole bunch of stuff that is super toxic can happen.
3: Yeah. Yes, and I think ideally you have both, right? You have the sound yeah. scripture and then you have a great community that's going out doing stuff for the greater community and spreading the good news about Jesus. But if you've got to choose
0: between the two, You've got to choose solid scripture. Yeah. yeah.
1: Think, of the, think of the analogy of like a car. Like a car, what's the most important thing of a, about a car? Is that it gets you from point A to point B. It has four wheels, an engine that works and everything like that. The point is for the car to get you there. It doesn't matter how pretty the car is. It doesn't matter how new the car is. It doesn't matter who owned the car before you. The most important thing is that when you put that key in the ignition, you're going to get to your destination. Church is the same thing. The most important thing is that the church, your vehicle, is going to carry you to the afterlife and it's going to allow you to carry the message out to other people
0: high five that was
1: awesome that, yeah that was a great analogy, man.
2: <laughs> that was really good
0: yeah yeah and I, to, to stretch that even further or maybe make your point even more clear the uh it doesn't <laughs> you're you could have a corvette and if the corvette doesn't run yeah Mm-hmm. who cares if it's missing the spark
1: right bugs, this is just a nice looking <laughs> <That little laughs> piece of garbage <laughs> right. out of the yard. You know,
0: yeah right. or the alignment's off and you're just right. driving in circles or whatever that's a goal well, that's another good one right if the alignment's off and you're just driving in circles <laughs> once again no point in getting in the car at all mm-hmm. i'd rather have a you know rundown amc mm-hmm. or whatever that just at oh, least for Bronco from the 80s yeah. turns over <laughs> yeah. every so, so, that's right
2: yeah and so i guess kind of Something that I was kind of building into a question just off of the discussion we've been having now is so generally speaking, when you're going to college, you're not necessarily living in that town year round, right? You're going home for Christmas, you're going home for summer. So you're going to be able to be at your home, your original community and original church, most likely, right? I'm sure there's all sorts of crazy scenarios. Well, not crazy scenarios, but different scenarios that people go in. But I think worth addressing right now is how do you make online worship meaningful, to that extent, so maybe your church back home does do a live stream of that service. So if we've established that doctrine is the most important, well, doctrine and theology are the most important things about a church. You know, how are you? Able, how can how can you make the most out of a just online worship experience? I guess you see you see what I mean. Yeah.
0: I would, I would I would yeah, maybe you got some insights on this, but I would say you got to be careful that you do have community, mm-hmm. you don't want to lose out on community completely. It's also really easy to skip online worship, right, but mm-hmm. I think that could and should definitely play a role in your spiritual life, especially if you know that you're not getting the theology you would hope to get mm-hmm. Here's another question on that same line. Do you need to join the congregation as a member? And does it matter? And to what extent are you condoning bad theology by like attending a youth group or something at a church that you don't want to be a member of?
3: I feel like we're getting very close to a debate on fellowship here. <laughs> yeah. But I would like to say that, oh man, it, that's a very hard question. <laughs> right. Great thing to say right there. Thank Appreciate. you. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I really sounded like I was going to say something there. I thought about it. <laughs> I, was like, oh. um, I, I always just fall back on Jesus. Yeah. Um, I will say that I feel like there are some churches that have some very sound theology, but just, I wouldn't call them dead, but they're just sitting there on their theology. And so I think while theology is so important, it is very important, I think community is also so very important. Not to the same level, obviously, when it comes to salvation, but a church that's out there in their community, serving people, serving others, doing the good work, essentially. Mm-hmm. I feel like finding that community is, I wouldn't say as important as theology, but if you get that theology of Christ crucified, that's almost next up.
1: I think that uh, I'm going to tie it in a little bit with your question about online church too, because... If you're If you're listening to this and you're sitting at home and you're comfortable with the fact that your worship life has been relegated to just doing online service, I don't think there's anything lo- wrong with online service. Yeah. But I think online sh- service should be treated as a second best option. like nothing else is going to work or snowed in. It's like it's like uh, online school versus in-person school. You lose so much by not sitting in that classroom. And hearing from the feet of your professors, Mm. versus sitting there and having your professor trying to manage technology and do the class at the same time. And it's the same with with church. And one of the most important things you lose when you're not attending church regularly is one, the community, and two, the means of grace. You're not taking holy communion. You're not taking the Lord's Supper as a part of your. Mm-hmm. as a part of your regular worship life, and that's right. that's a big hole to, to leave yourself open to. I mean, that's yeah. forgiveness of sins and the constant reminder of forgiveness of sins being placed before you every other Sunday so you can wear pajamas and sit in your bed and watch your home congregation preach. For me, uh, online church is no substitute to regular church, but, yeah, I don't know, the condoning the other... The other faiths—that's a hard one. That's a really hard one because there's that community aspect you really
2: want. Well, and I think in general, with all these questions that we're putting together, there are so many variables that we're not really putting taking into account in the first place. You know, it's like what's college meant to be, right? That's a transition point. Mm. You know, the likelihood of you staying in that town that you're going to college in—I mean, it could be high, but I think especially people who are trying to get into i don't know some kind of teaching situation or maybe even to that extent doctoring and whatnot it's you you go out and you find a job you know like i think a lot of people if they're going to a different school away from home they end up just getting their degree there and then coming back home i could be very very well be wrong but that's the thing is like who's to say yeah so i mean how like what's the best thing for someone to do for Almost, maybe kind of four years. You know what I mean? Because again, you're having those breaks where you're still going home and it's. business as usual, I guess you could say. Yeah. So yeah, it
0: feels like you're leaning towards the idea of you're still a member at your home congregation yeah. and you're letting your pastor and your parents kind of guide you through mm-hmm. like some of these weird mm-hmm. webs of, you know, like you've yeah. got these online campus or not on you've got these on campus ministries that their theology is questionable, but they're really strong communities. And you've got maybe a church that, you know, doesn't have the best theology you know, and you're debating whether or not you should go there and how much you should be involved and in all these kinds of things, stay connected with your home church and with your family and just be transparent about all of it. And um, like, let the wiser voices kind of carry you through that conversation. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably the best way to go. Because yeah, and and, there is no
2: one-size-fits-all
0: approach. No, absolutely.
2: Think. And see, that's why I was going to start leaning on real heavily was it's like in the end I think communication <coughs> and um, – What a trust in your parents and your home pastor, congregation, family. Just if you have good connections in that regard, then you'll be fine. Like you'll be able to figure out stuff. You'll be able to figure out what you ought to do. I think that what I'm scared is if somebody thinks, oh, well, here's all these tips these guys gave me. I can just do this on my own. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that we're not. Yeah, we know some of what we're talking about. We're not totally crazy, but it. But at that same time, it's like put your hand, put yourself in the hands of the people that have been taking care of you this whole time, mm-hmm. right? They're gonna have better advice for you in the first place. And yeah. I mean, you know, I guess we're just out here to give tips and tricks for sure. But it's like, <laughs> but it's like, ah, man, I I've, I've seen. You, you always hear stories about people who go off to college, and they just cut everybody in their life out. Like they go to a different state. And then for however long that they're out there, they just don't communicate with their family. They don't communicate with their old friends. And then it all just kind of falls apart. You mm-hmm. know what I mean?
3: Mm-hmm. Yes. And I'm a huge fan of the home base approach where you are a member at home and that's where you get your firm foundation of theology. But I think also while you were in these campus ministries or church bodies where Maybe they have questionable theology. I think your own personal Bible study becomes that much more important. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah. There you I go. think one of our, I think all of us would put him in our one of our favorite. Professor's category, uh, Professor Mark Poston at MLC. <laughs> yeah, his yeah. daughter, his daughter is a brainiac, and I don't remember what she's. A get. Violo- she's a virologist. Yeah, she's a virologist. Um, virologist. Yeah, that's a word. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, especially so. Then during they were kind of joking, like during COVID, they had like all the best information because their did. daughter was yeah, just telling yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, but so she went to she went to, you know, I don't remember where she went to school, but it was you know, a big time university and a very. Intense program, and that's also a very liberal uh, environment. Spot, yeah, environment to be in. And uh, he gave her, like he he gave her a couple of books to read, like before she went, and gave her tons of resources, and then was always there to answer the phone when stuff happened, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of times we hear about people going off to university and losing their faith, and it's just like you and you said it's when they get disconnected from their roots that they falter and they start to lose their faith and they start to question things. When you start to question things and your faith gets challenged because it's going to, Mm. don't try and figure it out on your own. Don't hide. Don't go Mm. seek out answers wherever. Talk to the people that have raised you and that have taught you the truth that you have come to know that have um, nurtured you and nurtured your faith to this point. Talk to them. Mm. Stay in touch with your pastor. Stay in touch with your spiritual community, and you'll be okay. You'll yep. be okay. And
1: let that be a word of encouragement to all the young families out there, people that are starting to start families of their own. Like, statistically speaking, you'll find that children <clears throat> will spend their life involved with God and with church if both parents are present and, um, I'm not going to say forceful. But persistent in keeping their children involved in church especially the father so young men out there like as you have children make God a priority first in your children's life before anything else
0: 85 mm-hmm. percent of boys whose fathers were actively involved in church are actively involved in church as adults yep. yeah yeah my dad was
3: <coughs> yeah. yeah I mean look her at dad was here, right? I think yeah, yeah, he's a pastor. Yeah, so, so he probably was. Well,
0: but he—that was his thing all the time. But He preached that all the time. My mom has talked about that too. Of my grandparents on that side of the family were not called workers. Well, my—I I guess my grandma was a called worker for for a while before she got married, but after that she wasn't, and so they weren't called workers. And they were involved in—they spent more time at the church than the pastor is the way my one of my aunts put it once. Very. And very uh, my dad consistently, like when we were kids, and every once in a while we would kind of hint at the fact that oh, I don't have to do this because I'm a pastor's kid. And he would stop us and he would say, it wouldn't matter what I was doing. I could be a used car salesman. We would still be here helping. We would still be this involved. And that message was clear and clearly sent and consistent. And uh, those kids stay in church and those kids make it a part of their lifestyle throughout their lives.
3: Yep, and I, I suppose this is all directed towards someone who grew up in a very solid foundation of theology, yeah. which was the question. Well, I
2: mean, those are the people listening most likely. I don't know. <laughs> there, could a, be, mean, there could be a handful of people yeah. that are unfamiliar are with welcome. what we're talking about. Which, hey,
3: we're happy to have you.
2: Yeah, <laughs> glad you're listening. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, Absolutely. continue, sorry. All right, well, we should keep rolling
0: here. And, and it's kind of on the same topic of the, of the third article. So um, the third article goes, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting... Amen. And of course, Luther added an explanation, which says, what does this mean? The good Lutheran question, right? I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. And in the same way, he calls, gathers, enlightens and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth and keeps it with Christ Jesus in the one true faith. In this Christian church, he daily and richly forgives all my sins and the sins of all believers. On the last day, he will raise me and all from the dead and all the dead and give eternal life to me and all believers in Christ. This is most certainly true. Now, you might have a different translation of that. Um, there's been a couple of different ones popping around. Some are better than others. This one's a pretty good one. Um, yeah, so if it sounds a little different than what you memorized as a kid, that's why. Um but yeah, the Holy Spirit, and this is maybe one of the most hotly contested, except for the conversations about whether or not Jesus was really God or really died or really rose from the dead and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, this is probably the most hotly contested um, doctrine or theology in the Christian church, at least by my by my observation, um, is who and what the Holy Spirit does. Mm-hmm. You guys have yeah. anything that jumps off the page to you?
2: <laughs> uh, just right off the bat... Um I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ. That is so against everything that I mean. Quite frankly, most churches in America teach. I mean, and if we're talking about those uh, uh, Christian community groups on campus, that's definitely what they teach. Like, I mean, yeah, the one that was at the public, yeah, the, one I, theology. the one that, uh, the one that was at uh, the public university I went to for a little bit that's like that was the whole thing it's like oh come here listen to us talk and you know read the bible a little bit and you know when you accept jesus go ahead and like you can be a whatever person in that group exactly
3: it was all about trying to choose god as opposed to god choosing us and that's the uh that's the danger when you uh, get rid of that
0: So the question then is, what is the Holy Spirit and what is the work of the Holy Spirit? And I think the best way to answer that (laughs) is just to use Luther's words uh, themselves. So here's what Luther said on that. Scripture mentions all sorts of other spirits, such as human spirits, heavenly spirits, and evil spirits. But only God's spirit is called Holy Spirit. That is the one who made us holy and continues to make us holy. For as the Father... Is called the Creator and the Son is called the Redeemer, so also it is because of His work that the Holy Spirit is to be called a sanctifier, a holy maker, one who makes persons holy. How then is the work of making people holy accomplished? The answer is this Just as the Son wins His domin- dominion over us by His birth, death, and resurrection, etc., so the Holy Spirit accomplishes His work of sanctification through the following means as presented by the third article, namely the community of the saints or the Christian church, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Accordingly, he first leads us to his holy congregation, placing us into the arms of his church where he preaches to us and brings us to Christ. Now, he um, goes on later to talk about the church in motherly terms, and I just put this connection together, and I think it's the connection that he's probably trying to make, although he doesn't say it explicitly, is this. If the church is the bride of Christ, which it is, right, then the church is also the mother who bears God's children, rears them, and nurtures them to maturity. So if, if, the, if the church is the bride of Christ, which it is, then the church is where the children of God are begotten and made mature, Um, And we cannot forget that, and we cannot separate ourselves from that. If we want to be mature um, and strong and and adult children of God, then we have to stay connected to our mother, which is the church.
3: I love that imagery. I just love it so much because it just emphasizes how much through the church we were born again through baptism. And if you start looking at it through that lens, how we are a child of God through the church who is the bride of Christ, which means God is our Father, Oh man, it just—it's one beautiful picture. All the puzzle pieces fit together, and wow, what a blessing!
1: Mm-hmm. I think if you're anything like me, it's very easy to, when you look at the Trinity, forget about the Holy Spirit, kind of, because it just seems like kind of tacked on at the end there. And we can very clearly see in the Bible what the Father does, and we can see what the Son does and I was thinking about this in preparation for this and and all I could think was by the Father we understand that we're not worthy and that we've fallen short and so the Father very clearly makes that evident to us that we don't deserve heaven the Son is the one that allows us to achieve heaven by His action, by His life by His sacrifice and resurrection from the dead we have the sure hope of heaven but it's the Holy Spirit that lets us know about this. Everybody has the natural knowledge of God, the Ten Commandments, the law, written on their heart from the day that they're born. But nobody has the gospel written on their heart. And the only way the gospel is brought to you is by the Holy Spirit. And so, to diminish at all the Holy Spirit and his placement in the Trinity is to take away from a literal third of all of doctrine, one of the most important parts of doctrine, and that is salvation coming to us by the Holy Spirit. Because of the son, in response to the father,
0: and another key word there is through faith, right? Mm -hmm. And that's where a lot of these, you know, campus ministries and. Some of these non-denominational, and we're, it sounds like we're picking on non-denominational. And really, the reason we're picking on non-denominational is that they generally don't have a strong governing body, which uh, dictates exactly what they teach. So you can't even necessarily say this is what non denominationals teach. But generally, it's kind of muddied waters as far as what one pastor is going to preach over and above the next, because they don't have any sort of governing organization that's guiding their doctrine and theology. So it's easy to say this is what Catholics say, this is what Presbyterians say, this is what Wesleyans say. It's It's a lot harder with non-denominationals, so that's why we're not necessarily specifically addressing any of those issues. But what a lot of them will, uh, like where they'll start to stray is this, they will um, lose sight of the fact that faith equals the spirit living in me right? Like, the faith oh, yeah. is synonymous with the Holy Spirit living in me. And so we get into this weird debate about, um, like, when, how do you come to faith, and when do you come to faith, and things like that. And it gets into the sacraments, too. That's a different conversation for a different time. <laughs> um, but when I lose sight of the fact that faith equals the Spirit of God living in me, um, then it becomes more um, important that I do things in order to be saved, Right. And so something that seems like it's probably innocuous and isn't a big deal, such as decision theology, such as, you know, praying a prayer that the Spirit come into your heart so that you can be saved or making a decision for Jesus, um, so forth. What that does is it denies the, the work of the Spirit in my heart to bring me to faith, right? And so that puts the impetus then on me to be the deciding factor of whether or not I will be saved. And the moment I'm the deciding factor about whether or not I need to be saved, it's all my responsibility of whether or not I'm saved. And it no longer is the work of God. So then you always have that question of, Am I really saved? Did I really make that decision? Does my life really live it out? And that's where you get into the, some of these weird waters with sanctification yeah. too. Of, <clears throat> well, and you know, you Am see, I sanctified enough to go to heaven and things like well,
2: that? Well, and you see people who live under those pretenses and they are so stressed yeah. all the time. You know, and they're never they're always and like you just said, they're always unsure of whether or not they put enough time into devotion or into the study group or so on and so forth. It's like there's so many price tags that they just don't feel they have the money that, like, they they can't handle it, yeah. I guess. And I don't know where I was going with the well, price tags thing.
0: To to keep going there, and I see you kind of, we'll get to you in a second. So going further in that direction, like, we, we often make jokes about the hand raising and the, uh, the <laughs> yeah, other charismatic yeah, yeah. stuff, sure, right? Sure. And there is nothing inherently wrong with it. But what it often does is betray an attitude in the congregation of um, this, like, decision theology. Because... If you don't feel the Spirit in worship, if you can't feel the Spirit while you're worshiping, that means that the Spirit's not in you, and therefore you're not saved— And so that's why they're working so hard to feel the Spirit. And that's why it's so important to curate that atmosphere, which is so charismatic, where you you have the right music and you have the right preacher and you have music playing behind the prayers and all that. So you create this environment where you can feel the Spirit so that you can be confident that you are saved. Whereas any of us who understand true theology understand that the Spirit of God is living in me regardless and all I have to do is trust that it's there and trust in my baptism and so forth, and I I have that sure foundation, that sure conviction that I will be saved regardless of whether or not I feel the Spirit today. And so that's what you said. It's easy to make jokes about all that, but there is a theology behind it, and it's poison. And a little bit of poison can do a lot of damage in the long term. I was just
1: flipping through the Book of Concord that I've got right here, and it's talking a lot about how uh, the Holy Spirit, like you're talking about the Holy Spirit bringing this to us, and it's not something that happens like once. It's not like at our baptism or Mm -hmm. on the every other week when we receive communion or something like that. It's something that's actively happening, and it's daily happening to us too. So the Holy Spirit's job is to continue to teach us, to continue to allow us to grow in our knowledge of the gospel. Um, And let's see. Uh, and the community that the Holy Spirit is calling together too—that the the Church of Christ, the the big capital C—the whole, not just Lutherans, not just Catholics, nothing like that—the oh, whole the whole of Christianity yeah. is being taught and fed by the Holy Spirit daily. And like that's an incredible an incredible gift that He's continuously showering on us. And I don't think, like I said, I don't think the Holy
0: Spirit gets enough credit a lot of the times for
1: <laughs> for what He's doing for us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Any mm-hmm. last words on the? Uh, on the Holy Spirit or any other good, avenues yeah. you want to pursue here he's
3: a pretty cool guy yeah oh, he's a pretty cool, cool guy yeah, yeah we'll leave it at yeah. that for now what a person <laughs> enough, what a person what a, <laughs> what a fella do you read do you read those buddy I'm reading the oh, memes right wow. now
0: read what do <laughs> we get scroll down ta- scroll down dude are they are all oh, in the broadcast
3: yeah for those who can't see because this is a podcast I don't see anything we are on a shared document and someone has put memes about <laughs> the Holy Spirit was. oh gosh <laughs>
0: Oh, I like the Thor one. <laughs> the, the, key, the Keys one is very funny. Yeah. All right. Anyways. Okay, so we're moving on to obscure Bible trivia today. So I believe all of these are scripturally accurate, probably for the first time ever. All right. So um, yeah. if not, we'll
2: just blame the Catholics. Yeah, for again. some context for Caleb, there were several sites that we've tried to use for trivia and a lot there were some ap- apocryphal yeah. answers needed. <laughs> Like, name the seven angels or something like that. Yeah, the seven archangels and
0: stuff like that. I don't have that information. All right, here we go. All right, so don't shout it out right away. Let's get get through the question first and then uh, feel free to converse amongst yourselves and then come up with an official answer and we'll see whether you're right or wrong. Here we go. Question number one today Which Babylonian emperor let the Israelites return to their homeland? Narrated in the books of Ezra and Nehemiah.
2: Um, Okay.
0: They were allowed to end their exile in Babylon and return to Israel following a decree by this emperor. What was his name? I should
2: know this. Everybody think about it a little bit. See, like, there's one answer in my mind, Mm. and then there's another answer, but it's not a Babylonian. So... (laughs) All right, I think that's we long enough. We didn't stop pause. You on the first one
0: already, I'm did you? I'm gonna
2: say Nebuchadnezzar. Oh shoot! That's
0: no, not Nebuchadnezzar. No, no. Well, that's a good guess. I, though. I knew it wasn't Cause him. Cause okay. okay, Cyrus no. the Great. Oh, Cyrus the Great. Yeah, that should have been. Oh him. My yep. Cyrus goodness. the Great. I feel
1: like that was a Kelpine. Yep. Hmm. Oh. Question on a yes. test I missed.
3: Oh, Cyrus right. the Great. That that guy was pretty was important time. in more than just biblical history; just history in general, I believe. Right. Yeah.
2: Um. Real quick. Cyrus the Great's a Persian king, not a Babylonian king, and that was my second guess that I didn't really? mention. So yeah, straight up, we're already over yeah. one on the questions. <laughs> All right.
0: Well, we were. Cl- it was close <laughs> to being accurate. Cyrus right. with a C, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. He's Persian. <laughs> That's Persian. Uh, well, is Persia? They are, are there, Persia they... defeated the Babylonians. Okay. And on. it was after they defeated the Babylonians that they yeah. freed Israel. Did he
0: reign in? Uh, was, Ezra and Nehemiah is right. Yeah, that is right. correct. But did he oh. did he reign? Was it the same capital city? Um, uh, uh, no, no. Uh, there, uh, shoot, where did Jonah go?
2: Nineveh? Was it still Nineveh? Uh, Nineveh is where the Babylonians were, I right. believe. So right? if he did not reign? So No, no he didn't okay. reign. The Persian capital, I'm blanking on it right now. But when... So Nineveh, that was where they defeated the Babylonians, mm-hmm. I believe. I could be wrong. Nope, it's like Qatar, whatever. Anyway, the story goes that when they rolled into the town the Babylonians there in the city just gave up immediately. Like, they all were like, thank goodness you're here. Because at that point, the Babylonian uh, 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 rain was just dog water. And oh, it was right. horrible for the people. And so oh, when the Persians showed right. up, they were like, thank goodness, someone that's going to, like, treat us better kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. You, uh, yeah, I can't remember where they actually ended up fighting. But anyway. All right,
0: question number two. Here we go. Despite her dedicated despite her dedicated efforts to establish pagan worship among the Israelites, Queen Jezebel did not succeed. What happened to Queen Jezebel? You I'll guys... Pause,
2: just pause a little bit longer so the people in the car can talk amongst themselves.
0: <laughs> All right. What happened
1: to Queen Jezebel? Go ahead was eaten by dogs, wasn't she? What happened before that? She was pushed out of a window and fell to the street, and then she was eaten by dogs. Yes, that there is you correct. Go. Yep. There you go.
0: Dogs devoured her body. Good. All right. In which book Spooky. of the Bible is Haman the evil villain? Haman? Haman. How do you spell that? H-A-M-A-N.
2: Hmm.
0: It might be Haman, <laughs> but... <laughs> I've always that heard changed Haman. That everything.
2: <laughs> Haman.
3: Yeah, I honestly have no clue. I'm going to say Second Samuel. That was what I was going to guess. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: Here's a clue. He had the intention of destroying the Jews.
3: Oh, it's... Completely. um. Is it a minor oh, prophet? No, it's... Oh, shoot. Second Kings. Who is the queen? Esther? Is it Esther? Esther it is. Oh, snap. Is. Oh, yeah. There you there
0: go. Good. Nice. Good. All right. All right. Bonus question then. Bonus question today. You guys got two out of three. So bonus question. Which well did Abraham and Abimelech fight over? Jacob? Oh, sorry. What? Jacob. Think law? about that one for a second. <laughs> 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 it's a large Abraham city in Israel.
2: Abraham and who? Abim- Abimelech. Abimelech. Mm.
0: Judah? No. No. Mm-hmm. I, Abraham it's several generations I it was before a well Judah, Judah. Um, oh yeah I guess yeah. does it eventually become Jacob's well <laughs> <laughs> give no. us a hint give us a hint um, it sounds like a well you and I would love to drink out of
2: oh snap That.
0: Based on what's on the table, all of us would love to drink beer. beer.
2: Was it in beer? Beer Sheba. Yeah. Okay. Beer <laughs> <laughs> That was a bad clue, but I don't have any other. No, that was yeah.
0: pretty yeah, solid. Right. That's, I like solid. That. That's two solid. out of three today. That's not, That's not bad. That's oh not bad. My goodness.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. The top three ways to make your semester go well. Oof. Top three ways to make your semester go well. <laughs> Bread. Bowl. Well, Did you I'm, say bread bowl? Uh, you said Red, Red Bull. Bull. Oh. <laughs> I was like well, Red Bulls. So w- <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna jump in with a serious answer right away and say: get a routine and stick to it. Yeah. Yes. Get a routine that works yep. and stick to it. Why is it so
1: easy to make the plan to, root, <laughs> to, to routine and everything like that? Yep. And, then and then if you
0: have so a man. day where like don't have a ton of homework to do or whatever, sit down and do something anyway. Mm-hmm. Like stick to that routine, rain or shine, pass or fail. Stick to. Well, maybe not fail. Yep, yep. If you're failing, change up your routine. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah stick to that routine no matter what unless it's not working um and you'll yeah so you'll see it through so if like one day you don't have a ton of homework you can start working ahead or you can work on a paper from the future mm-hmm. or whatever it might be um but use your time so set up blocks get a routine do the same thing yeah, and it might change from day to day but yeah. have like a weekly routine that you go through i
1: yeah. think for me this semester um Something I'm really bad at is reading everything we're assigned to read. Yeah. I oftentimes will just Especially be like, philosophy. philosophy or a history class well, or anything not. like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I do not want to read well, 10 dry like, pages of a history book.
2: Well, but, and at this point in our education, it's like, that's what we need to want to read. Right, you know I, I mean? know, like, yeah.
1: And I've, I've found over the last week that we've done classes that while I do sleep less than I was sleeping before, <laughs> I reading everything i participate in class more i know what's going on in class it's weird once you do the homework like everything starts to actually make sense (laughs) you can
2: actually have discussions on the topic (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but everything
1: even if even if it's like oh i could skip ahead and find the answer to this question on the guide by going to the next section i have found that just by reading through to the end of whatever section i need to and everything i do i I benefit from it a lot more mm -hmm.
2: Uh, I think the number one one that I have, uh, it's not necessarily get more sleep, but wake up at the same time yeah. every mm-hmm. day. Like, once your body knows that it's going to be waking up, it's just going to, I don't know, in general, having the same time that you wake up, additionally to good amount of sleep, seven to eight hours, mm-hmm. which is what we're supposed to get. But you're just not
0: always going to go to bed at the same time. That's a reality. But if you get up at the same time every day, Mm -hmm. at least your body stays in the same rhythm.
2: Yeah. And you'll be able to fulfill generally that routine that you have set to those morning hours. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, that's the thing, is the evening, that's where all the variables come into play where something might take longer than you thought it was going to. Whereas in the morning, if you have set stuff, you wake up at 6, you read your Bible for 30 minutes, you read a different book for another 30 minutes, you go work out, whatever, I don't know what it's going to be. Like if you do and you commit to that, that's gonna make the evening easier,
0: yeah, I don't have any classes till nine thirty this semester, um <laughs> and so there's a bunch Dude. of and there's a bunch of guys that play morning basketball at five forty five so i I hate getting up that early, we're gonna do it tomorrow um but i I hate Gosh. getting up that you could come back here and go back to bed if you want, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm but game. yeah the uh, um uh i I don't do that every morning, but I do. My alarm goes off. at If I'm not playing morning basketball, my alarm goes off at 6 o'clock, and I get up and I go do something, like I go work out or whatever it is, um, and then come back, take a shower, read my Bible, and I have that morning routine every day no matter what. And that always then just gets me started on the right foot. Even if it's a terrible workout, even if I feel awful, even if I can't stay awake through my Bible reading, at least I've, I'm already checking boxes, mm-hmm. um, and it just gives me momentum for the rest of the day then.
3: Well, I think – all of you guys have kind of said something similar. Mm, um, I, agree. I think self care is uh, important. And now let me get deep on. That. Let me pause are you, you putting for, a deodorant um, on or <laughs> taking self-care. a shower at least once a week. Yeah, for those freshmen that are listening <laughs> to the podcast right now, don't be afraid. No, but what I mean by that is <laughs> shower never hurt anybody. <laughs> what? Um, obviously, in college, sleep is at a premium, so that's not always going to be, you know, in your life. But try to eat enough food the right Mm. food Mm. try to stay hydrated don't drink too much coffee you know try to get a little workout in that sort of thing it'll help your body feel better it'll help you stay focused for longer when you're doing homework
2: yeah yeah
0: i would say um so i was gonna say learn how to say no but thinking about that there's also a lot of people that need to learn how to say yes So know yourself well enough to know whether you need to say no more often or say yes more often. So if you're somebody that has a tendency to just kind of hang out in a room and not do anything or you're somebody who gets super stressed about their work and gets overwhelmed or whatever, if you're one of those types of people, you need to say yes to things more often and go have some fun Mm -hmm. and go do you know, go, go hang out with your friends on Friday night. Go plan something on Saturday. You know, on a Tuesday night, if there's a bunch of people going to the calf, go to the calf with them, whatever it is. Like, take a few minutes and enjoy yourself every once in a while. I'm not saying forget your studies and just go have fun. But if you're one of those people that is overwhelmed by school, and uh, it's usually because you're not doing anything other than school. So go ahead and say yes to some things. On the other side, though, for guys, like for us at this table, and for most of the guys that are listening to the podcast, if you're listening to something like this, and if you got invited to this table, you're probably not somebody that says uh, that's you know you're probably not somebody that needs to say yes more often. You're probably somebody that needs to learn when to say no. And there are some things that either they just aren't adding anything positive to your life, or they're just more than you can handle. Right, And so learn when to say, like when you're going to get overwhelmed, learn to know your limits and say no when you get to your mm-hmm. limits. You don't have to be involved in everything all the time. Like... FOMO should not be a deciding factor in your decision making. Mm. Like you should not be afraid to miss out on stuff. You're not going to be experience everything. It's better to learn that now as a young person and figure out what really has meaning and what really has depth and what really is going to give you joy and purpose and do those things and let the other things go. Mm-hmm. And to uh,
1: the couch potatoes that are sitting out there right now. <laughs> uh, back to your talking about people saying yes more often. Like uh, seasonal depression loves when you just sit in your room all day and and then just appear for classes occasionally. So, <laughs> yes, I agree 100% with your go yeah. out there and do stuff because it's worth it.
0: On that note, have you ever tried one of those happy lamps or whatever you call those? those oh mood lamps? Like a, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Have you Ever tried one? I have not, no, because I I, I
1: I don't ever feel like that down about myself. Yeah. I'm always. I think in my pretty lava lamps have a similar
2: effect, honestly. Yeah, well, Could that's be, one of the reasons yeah.
0: that my Christmas tree is still up is I like it does. It's, uh, it's a mood lamp. It's a beautiful thing. I like it in the room. Yeah. I'm thinking yeah. about like, just getting a mood lamp and putting it over here by my reading chair. Yeah, yeah that'd be good. I'm thinking yeah. about that because I, I, the both of the last, I didn't seem to struggle too much with it in Milwaukee, but the last two years in New Ulm, I've struggled with it a bunch. Yeah. Oh, no,
2: it's New Ulm. So, yeah. uh, the well, next just, point. There's, the winter's so long <laughs> and so harsh that. Sorry. Go ahead, guys. Well, I was just going to say, next point, I was going to share, like, particularly with my experience, in my experience, um, Like, yeah, find fun things to do and like say yes, say no, do whatever, make your decisions more often, so on, so forth. Uh, I think something that I definitely need to work on is having that scheduled time to have fun type thing, Mm. but then not having additional stuff on top of that, I guess. So it's like, not that you're like scheduling, I'm going to do this event at this time per se, you know, like maybe you have two to three hours that are open that you leave open for doing something. But if you do that, then don't additionally do other things that would that'll take you away from your schooling and your education what i hear you Same saying is you know be I mean? intentional about it yeah yeah, yeah. well and i mean yeah be intentional about it but i guess almost more so be intentional about not doing it outside of your parameters your mic has to be up and down there yep. you
0: go there's a different style of microphone yeah sorry <laughs> uh <laughs> i get what it's different yeah, now. Yeah. Okay.
2: but yeah so just be intentional of not going out like not wasting your time i guess to that extent yeah, Um. Yeah. anyway. Yeah. Field, you got another one?
3: Uh. Yeah, I got super lazy about this when I was going to school. Um, and I'm definitely more intentional about it now that I'm out in the ministry somewhat. Um, Bible study every day mm-hmm. outside of school work. Because I would always say, oh, I know I got Bible history literature class. Like that can count as my Bible study. Like, yeah, but it's a different kind of mode of thinking. It's less of meditating on God's word and more studying God, which both are important. But seriously, take some time out of your day to study God's word. And if you can't you can sense a trend here, make sure you're well spiritually, physically, and mentally. That helps out a lot. I think you found the
1: name for your book. That's a good word. Yeah, there you go.
0: That's a good word. All right. Uh, Last thing we're going to tackle today is, oops, it still says Christ the King. It's not Christ the King Sunday anymore. Uh, It's Epiphany 3, and our reading today comes from Romans chapter 12. Uh, We're going to take verses 6 through 16a. So you may or may not hear this in church on Sunday, um, but this is part of the one-year litany. um, And so it will, if nothing else, at least... um, uh, work alongside the theme uh, for next Sunday's worship services. So actually, I think this was the reading for today um, that we're recording. So next week we'll fix that. But anyway, um, you will hear this either, you either heard this last week or you will hear this next week in church. Oh okay. uh, <laughs> yep, let's read it. <laughs> Here we go. Um, beginning Romans 12, verse 14. Uh, 6 going through 16a. We have different gifts according to the grace God has given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Amen. That'll hit you right in the chest. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. It somehow makes me proud of myself and also shading myself all at the same time. Like I'll hear one phrase and go, that's me. And I hear the next phrase and go, oh, that's me.
3: <laughs> yeah. I feel like some of these, like the world tells you like, hey, if someone is mean to you, get back at them. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad thing. It's natural. But really here it's saying bless those who persecute, persecute you. Yeah. And that, that for me, that, that hits me the hardest, I think.
0: Or even at a more uh, superficial level, like uh, how often do you, like, Hey, somebody's really excited and you're like, well, nothing good happened to me. You know, it's like, well, it's not my, not my friend, not my party, not my whatever. Right? Yeah. And we don't get excited for, or the other way around. Like, it was not my grandma didn't die. You know, my dog didn't die. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't fail a test and we don't empathize and sympathize with those who are mourning and hurting either. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's one of the ones that stuck out to me is something that maybe I should work on.
1: I thought of uh, the other, the verse that says uh, something to the effect of "Don't be hot or don't be lukewarm. Be hot or be cold." And that's oh, what I'm yeah. getting from this is a lot of like, if you're going to call yourself a Christian and you want to do the actions of a Christian, live the life of a Christian to the fullest. Like, don't mm-hmm. don't uh, kind of you know dandy along as you're living your life as a Christian. Like, live your life as a Christian.
3: Mm -hmm. well and if you look here um, the title for this second part of the section is love in action and I really like that because a lot of people would be like okay I'm supposed to love but how do I love and I mean just here from verse 9 through 16 are some great ways to to love and uh, we could all do a better job of that for sure
0: also, talk about a uh, commentary on pr- on friendship here. Verse 10 says, literally, be devoted to one another in love. That's not talking about marriage. That's not talking mm-hmm. about, like, really close friendships. That's talking about anyone who's a part of the Christian community. Be devoted to one another in love. Not be kind, you know, although kindness is a is a big active <laughs> verb. But it's not like be nice to each other. It's not like, hey, kind of stay in touch or make sure you're part of a community. It's be Devotion, devoted. Yeah. Devotion mm-hmm. is there's no compromise in devotion. It's everything you have. It's every last ounce of you. And so if you really are going to be governed by the Spirit, that includes
3: devotion to your fellow Christians.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Going into what I said earlier about having a good semester, be faithful in prayer. For me, I find it super helpful just to speak out loud even. it's uh, I'm sure if anyone was listening in, they'd think I was crazy, but I... Uh, I make a point to just talk to God as if I was talking to my father. Well, because he is my father in heaven.
1: (laughs) I like uh, verse 16, uh, the second half. uh, Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. I think of Paul's words when he says, I became like sinners that I might preach to sinners. And so I think that that really strikes hard here um, because everybody's doing different things in their life right now. We're students. But there are people that are listening to this that are working nine to fives that have that guy in their office or that guy in their shop that is a little bit odd, a little bit different, but that guy needs to be talked to just as much as everybody else. And it's our responsibility as Christians to see, especially fringe members of society and say, how can I make you a part of my family and a part of Christ's family?
2: Well, and going back to the first half of this message too, um, be self-aware of your skills and gifts and talents that you have. Right, it's one thing to uh, be a, a jack of all trades, but you know, know what your what particularly is in your wheelhouse, especially when it comes to serving um, the community and your fellow Christians. Right, so it, in that way, you won't rub feathers the wrong way, but then also help you understand what maybe there are things you can do to uh, improve yourself so i mean if you're good at <laughs> encouraging people uh you know maybe the other end of it i don't know help me out here what would be the other <laughs> end of that like if you're not good at encouragement yourself you're good out. at oh, <laughs> Well, leaning you see into what your I mean? strengths is what I'm saying. Yeah, so yeah. lean into your it's strengths, not but then that just an well, an opposite
0: end of that. But like, if you if you recognize that every time you try and encourage somebody, they just really end up more down in the dumps or whatever, there are some people that just aren't good at encouraging, <laughs> right. and that's and so so. And instead okay. of leaning in, like, not don't give up on encouraging people. But lean into whatever is your strength. No, and I was going to go
2: into because what Professor Pauschen always talks about in class, right, is, yeah, so once you know what you're really good at, that'll help you focus on the things you're not good at and can improve in those ways. That's well, what I was going for. Like,
0: we have some professors. If you think about them at MLC, that are not good encouragers, mm-hmm. but they are incredibly wise and they're very learned and they're mm-hmm. great at instruction. So they lean into those things. We have other professors who, frankly, aren't that great of instructors, but they have awesome relationships with mm-hmm. their students, and they, so they lean into their strengths. Right. So there are definitely there are definitely um, moments where it's not that you have. It's not that you should abandon any particular one of these actions or that you shouldn't try and develop them, but you should recognize what your
3: strengths are and lean into them. Mm. No, and I think that's super important because sometimes what comes to my head is Paul's be all things to all people, Mm. and that is absolutely not—strengths is not what he was talking about there. We all have different strengths and abilities. When Paul is talking about be all things to all people, he means be able to relate to them, right? Yeah. Yeah, I even pulled up the passage here. Um, though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to the win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but I am under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. See, the whole purpose here is to reach people in different settings and situations, not necessarily using different strengths.
1: Was that uh, Acts 15?
3: 1 Corinthians. Ah, <clears throat> so close.
1: Yeah. Paul. But uh, I, I was thinking of what you were saying about professors that may not be great encouragers, but like the lives they live as students, we look at their lives and we say, man, that's that's an admirable life. That's a man who's clearly on fire for, for the word of God and, and for Christ, and he's living out his Christian lifestyle. Simply by living your Christian lifestyle, you're encouraging those around you because they see you and say, you know maybe things aren't going the best for you but you have hope and that can be a powerful thing to a lot of people in this
0: world yeah um thinking one more word for me i think on the uh, gifts part two i like got a, a mistake a lot of people make is they figure out what they're good at and they decide they decide then how they're going to serve instead of or maybe not serve they decide how they're going to use that gift and then they assert themselves onto a community of believers instead of asking the question how can i serve mm. And then letting that be, letting your gifts guide then the mode of service. So, like, one of the examples that always pops in my head is like contemporary worship. Somebody realizes, like, hey, I'm really good at guitar. And they like force themselves into contemporary, like, they kind of manipulate their pastor and their congregation into doing this certain style of worship. And then a few years later, they move away or they go off to college or whatever it might be. And now they've got, your church has this ministry that they've invested in that they don't have the capacity to. Continue and it becomes this weird mess because somebody asserted themselves instead of just saying, How can I be of service? They said, Ooh, this is how I want to serve, and they made that happen. And it's just a subtle shift in attitude. Mm-hmm. And usually their hearts are in the right place, but they don't recognize it's a, it's a, like, like Paul said, used the word slave, and that's more of an indentured servitude thing than it is like what we think of as American slavery. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Um, like, is that idea of I'm here to serve the people around me? It's not a me asserting myself on other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Awesome. If you're still listening, glad to have you here. Thanks for listening. I think this podcast went really well. I think so, too. Not to Probably pat so. ourselves on the back, but that was good, fellas. Good job, Charlie. <laughs> All right. Um, you go. Gentlemen, uh, God's me. blessings. Go be the man that God creates you to be. We'll see you next time. On behalf of all those involved in producing, recording, editing, and distributing this episode, thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you'd like to contact us with comments, questions, or suggestions, you can reach out to us at any of the links in the description below or on our website. Please consider supporting the work of Gird Up Ministries by donating on Patreon, shopping at our online store, or making a $5 cup of coffee donation at www.girdupministries.com. Those donations help us make more great content just like this for young men just like you. Make sure you like, friend, follow, and subscribe to Gird Up and all of our guests on your social media platforms and consider leaving a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to the Gird Up podcast so that others can find us and be blessed by our content too. As always, thanks for listening. Now go and be the man that God created you to be. We'll see you next time.